Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leather work, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Thanks to our partners over at Tether. Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just dropped some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at SpartanForge.ai. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 98, and Dimitri and I, we were joined by Ryan Cornelius of Pennsylvania. Ryan resides in the southeastern part of Pennsylvania, where he's been cutting his teeth on public land the last few years compared to growing up hunting out west in Pennsylvania. Ryan shares in this episode how finding fresh sign played a role in his success in Kansas this past year on a beautiful buck and a doe here in Pennsylvania. 
We also get into chatting about some saddle hunting, filming his hunts, how he's going to approach gun season here in Pennsylvania this weekend, and a whole lot more. Get out there this weekend, everybody, for the PA gun opener on Saturday, and don't forget you can hunt Sunday. And also, I wanted to share with you that we are going to be making a post soon about our big giveaway for our Hunters episode in two weeks. So sit back, enjoy this fun episode, and lure up. Absolutely, Ryan. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, tell us you know, a little bit about where you're from and uh, all that type of stuff. Yeah, so uh, my name is Ryan Cornelius. I, uh, here in uh, South Central Pennsylvania, I reside in York County. I grew up on the western side of the state in Butler County. Oh, okay. And that's that's where uh, I sort of cut my teeth on deer hunting. And uh, that's I still do quite a bit of deer hunting back there. And uh, any chance I get, I, I make the four-hour truck across the state. But uh, as, as life uh, tends to get in the way sometimes, <laughs> uh, you don't get to do that as often. So uh, I've been exploring uh, public land a lot more out here. Uh, whether it's state parks or game lands and, uh, uh, learn, learning a lot, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so, um, that's pretty much, so that's, that's where I'm from here. Uh, uh, grew up hunting whitetails and Turkey and, uh, uh, whitetails is where my passion is for sure. Awesome. Um, how now, how, so, when did you start filming? So I only started filming here back in, uh, I think it was 2019. Okay. So not, not that long ago, but, uh, I have really, I got a passion for it now. I, I don't like to go in the woods without my camera now. Very cool. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not the best at it. I am learning a lot and, uh, each, each, uh, year, the last two years of whenever I first start uh, the hunting season, man, it's like, I'm a total rookie with the camera again in the tree, just trying to, <laughs> uh, get that down pat. But, uh, it's, it's going pretty well. I really enjoy it. I, I really like the aspect of even just being able to, uh, relive the hunts. I yeah. like being able to bring it, bring my camera home and plug it into the TV and show my son what I saw when I was out in the woods that day, whether, whether it's deer or squirrels climbing the tree I'm in. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, I love every aspect of it. I love every aspect of it as well. Not really, but <laughs> here's the one thing though, I will say is when, uh, man, it's, it's damn if you do and damn if you don't. The one time I remember being like, ah, oh, now that, what that buck, he was far away. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I don't know if I would even shoot him. And I zoomed in on it and I couldn't really tell at the moment. Cause he was kind of chasing a doe and I get home and I'm re looking at him like, yeah, I would have shot him. I'm like, dang, he was because like, you know I'm like, nah, he's not legal. You know, I keep convincing. I I think I convince myself a deer's not legal just so I don't get too worked up about not being even having a chance at it. You know, but no, dude, yep. that, that's cool. So you mainly, I guess, when you lived in Butler and back at home on that western side, you were hunting more private. You said, and now you're kind of exploring the the public side of things out in York County. You're saying, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was. I was fortunate to have, uh, uh, a lot of private land to hunt on. And, uh, I, I still do, um, growing up, there wasn't as much hunting pressure. There's a little bit more hunting pressure now on the private, but, uh, it, it is what it is, uh, in, in comparison to what I've been running into with some of these public pieces, it's still, 
it's still uh, a lot easier um, <laughs> to hunt even some pressured private ground than it is public. But, uh, uh, but I, I'm, I'm learning. I do. I am enjoying the challenge of the public land. Um, and, uh, there's different aspects of it. I really do enjoy, but, uh, uh, this year I started saddle hunting, Yep. um, which I'll tell you what, that has been a game changer, not having to lug a climber in, uh, that has been so nice. It's so much quicker, so much quieter. Uh, I don't, the, the size of the tree doesn't matter as much. The shape of the tree doesn't matter as much. It's been, it's been a game changer for sure. Now, how does it, how, like how, you know, could you give a, maybe a scenario of this, this past season, how you said you just started, you know, using the saddle, how that kind of where you got set up and you're like, man, there's no way I could have gotten in this tree with a climber or even a hang on because of how, you know, versatile the, the saddle is. is did you run yeah, into it? So, Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, so being on public land, and you're not supposed to be trimming up branches and that sort of thing. Uh, with the climber, you're looking for like a telephone pole essentially out there in the woods. Uh, with the saddle here, I was able to get into some trees where I actually have some cover uh, rather than uh, rather than sticking out in the open. Um, uh, and there have been instances. So what I've come to come to learn, even from my days when I'm hunting primarily private land. Uh, it's one of those things. If I can, if I can hunt a place a few times, uh, if I'm willing to be mobile, you can pretty much, you'll eventually get on the deer. Um, whether you get on a shooter or not, that's, that's another story. But, uh, uh, this, so this one piece of public I've been hunting, it's a, it's a state park. And so you're dealing with, uh, people hiking, you're dealing with, uh, other hunters you're dealing with, uh, people walking, uh, dogs. people walking their dogs. Yeah. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a challenge, but I found some really good sign there and there's a, there's an ag field to the South of this piece of timber I've been hunting. And being that I did hunt a lot of private, I did hunt a lot of, uh, like ag as well. So, uh, the whole, bigger, uh, bigger woods type hunting, uh, is definitely, uh, it's been a learning process, Yeah, but, uh, I've been, been getting better at it. But, uh, so I was setting up closer to this ag field and I was seeing deer, but they were coming through right at last light. And if I was there in the morning, they're coming through before it's daylight. And I could, I could hear them all like balling up in the tree. I could hear them go walking by me. So I kept moving back in the timber, uh, to where I was actually seeing them in daylight and, um, just being able to not have to lug a stand around. I did end up running into some, uh, people who had, uh, some hang ons and that sort of thing, um, like preset and they left them up all season, which I'm not big on that. I'm not, uh, uh, when it comes down to public land, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in leaving a stand up. Um, if I do, if I, if I hunt Friday night and I know I'm going to hunt Saturday morning, I'll, I might be, I'll take something and I'll leave it up overnight. And I did that a lot with my saddle platform, even this, uh, this year as well. If I knew I'm going to be going back in the morning, I'll just leave it there. Uh, it's a lot, a 
lot easier going into something that's already set up in the morning. Um, even though this year I have done quite a bit of, uh, setting up in the dark, uh, that is a lot easier in the saddle as well. I'm, I've gotten pretty, pretty dang efficient, uh, just with the, uh, my headlamp on being able to do that. It is pretty quick and a uh, quick uh, learning curve, I would say, for being efficient with that. What did you say, Demetri? Because this is your first time too. Yeah, I mean, I I probably didn't get as much practice as I wanted to before the season. But, I mean, going into the season, I'm I'm pretty uh, just go with the flow. But, yeah. uh, you know, as the season progressed, I got quicker and faster and quieter. And, I mean, I even think at the when I was still kind of – in the learning phase was still quieter than I was with my climber and, and kind of like Ryan said is the biggest thing is, is finding cover, right. You know, and, and when you're in a climber, you really don't even think about that as much because it's not really even a component of finding that tree. Right. (laughs) You might try to find some back cover, but usually when you're finding that perfect climber tree, there's not, so much the back cover available you know in a lot of those trees and and that's the biggest change i made this year is thinking about that and 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 where i'm going to be broken up and how the deer are going to travel and am i going to have that cover and and be less seen and stick out and and i think that really helped me this year uh compared to the last previous couple years yeah nice well ryan let's i want i want to see what did you think of this past year before we dive into, you know, even getting ready for this upcoming like rifle hurrah here in Pennsylvania, because I know for for Dimitri and I, it it was, it was a tough year. I mean, we mm-hmm. struggled to even find a lot of deer and see a deer in, a while we were in the stand. And Ryan, I, I was even telling Dimitri how, you know, even early preseason like summer scouting, like you were posting videos out there and glassing and doing all kinds of uh, preseason stuff, like how, what, what, what were your expectations? And, you know, I'd like to, even on your Instagram, you posted opening day, you missed a buck, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you what, that, that, that was, that was heartbreaking, but, uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, dude, this, this season was tough. I, uh, it seems like, and maybe it's, maybe it's just me, maybe other people don't think this, but it feels like to me, things were sort of delayed a little bit. Um, like, so, so typically early season, I almost never see target bucks, um, in daylight. I'll get trail cam pictures of them now and then, uh, after dark, but, uh, but this year, yeah. Um, early on, yeah, we did some summer scouting, um, did some, uh, we set up on some hay bales, my wife and I one night and, uh, ended up glassing, glassing a field, got some, uh, great footage and some great pictures of some, some bucks that I would be happy to shoot. I didn't have any slammers on camera this year. Uh, and that was another thing. Typically I end up with a couple of really good ones. And when I say good ones, I'm saying like one thirties or bigger, okay. um, on camera. Now it's one of those things you don't might never see that deer, but you'll at least get a picture of them now. And then even if it's still in velvet, I didn't get anything great this year on camera. Um, some a couple three and a half year olds, mostly two and a half year olds. Um, and obviously a bunch of, bunch of younger bucks, but, uh, uh, but this, this year, so on opening day, I had some high expectations. I ended up getting some pictures, uh, right after, like, like right after shooting light, of uh, deer coming out to the field. And I felt that, 
if I could get set up down in the woods where they're transitioning from their bedding, if I can get down in there, which I've stayed out of there all year long, if I can get down in there, get set up, I might be able to get some, get something to, uh, get something here opening day, which, um, I think the earliest, I think I've ever got a buck. No, I did get one. I got one on the first or second Saturday one time. Um, but otherwise it's typically, uh, typically that first or second week in November for me. Um, but, uh, anyways, so opening day, I get set up, uh, in the morning I end up, uh, I pass up a small eight point in the morning, but I was, I had my sights set on the evening sit and ended up getting set up in the saddle. Uh, and I end up seeing a bunch of deer nothing ends up coming by me. And I actually see, I'd say there were three deer that I was interested in shooting, uh, that I had on camera. Two of them were out in the bean field already. They came out somewhere else. I'm glassing them. And I'm just like, man, I should have set up on the field edge. I could have had a shot at one of these guys. And, uh, but the biggest one was still down, still wasn't out in the field. And, uh, I'm doing anything. My camera is not a, not a great camera. doesn't have the best zoom, but I'm getting whatever footage I can of these deer out in the bean field. And I hear a, I hear like a twig break down below me. And I had a deer busting me earlier in the afternoon from like a hundred yards away. And I don't know if it smelled me. The wind wasn't, I, I think it might've just caught me moving a little bit. I've, that I think is my biggest struggle with the saddle is staying <laughs> still. I find myself, I find myself moving more. Um, whether it, whether it's just resituating to get comfortable, um, particularly earlier in the season, um, when I was still newer to using the saddle, trying to figure out that sweet spot, yeah. um, where you, where you set at your ropes. And, uh, but anyways, I heard this twig break and I was thinking that I'm like, man, this deer, if I move right now, they're going to see me. So I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'm like staring a hole through the side of my head, just trying to see in my peripherals, uh, what is down there. And, uh, I ended up turning my camera actually to try to see what was down there. I couldn't, couldn't tell. Uh, finally I ended up hearing a deer walking and the deer ended up coming by. It was like a yearling. I forget if it was a button buck or a yearling doe and ended up, uh, that deer walked by and I heard a couple more steps down below me. I'm like, Oh, that deer's still down there. So I kept staring down that way until I finally caught, caught sight of it and it sure enough it was it was that big buck um and uh ended up he ends up cutting up through i set up on a point where there were like three trails coming together that led down to the one trail that the majority of the deer came out of the bedding with and of course he ended up taking the furthest trail away from me and uh that ended up setting me up for like a 30 to 35 yard shot well, he busted me drawing my bow back and in the video, you can see he's just staring me down and, uh, I don't know. I should, I probably shouldn't have shot at all, but, uh, he, he was alert, but I, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. I ended up shooting. He ended up ducking the heck out of it. I think he went Dr. Lee stayed inches. Uh, you can see my Luminox cell right over his back. Um, and 
he just takes off. I ended up getting down uh, after I reviewed the footage a bunch of times. And that, that has been the nicest thing about the camera is being able to review your shot. Yeah. Um, what for, whether it's a, whether it's a hit or a miss, um, just <laughs> being able to review that. But, uh, went, got down. I only had like three or four hairs on the ground and my broadhead looked like it just came out of the package. No, no blood, no fat, no anything on the arrow. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, just some regret. That's all. <laughs> now, now to backtrack a little bit, you, you've talked about, you've had to explore new territory, new places to hunt, you know, yep. what, what's your, um, way of going about digging into a new piece? Are you, you know, are you trying to, you know, something you drive by or, and then you kind of e-scout it. What's that process like for you? Um, trying to find a new location to hunt are you just diving in putting boots on the ground kind of go through you know whether it was the summer or after last season that that you kind of dig into these pieces um to get ready for the fall yeah so so with these pieces it's mostly been mostly been summer scouting um now i am fortunate i do actually border some game lands here so i'm able to scout that like year round. Um, this now the state park that I've been hunting a good bit, uh, that was mostly, mostly summer scouting and then some knowledge from, uh, this past hunt from last hunting season. Um, so yeah, I did first off when I'm first looking at a property, I've been doing a lot of e-scouting, whether it's on on X or hunt stand and, uh, taking a look at, look at that, uh, try to, try to find places where there isn't a parking area right there or, uh, but, and that's what I'm finding out. And I mean, you hear it all the time is, uh, you're not the only one who's, who's out there trying to do this. I mean, <laughs> there's someone willing to walk just uh, as far as you. Right. Someone, right. I'll and, tell you uh, what, I'll tell you what, every time Demetra and I think we just hit a spot, <laughs> we, we've learned to not even, we just give each other the, like a look. Cause we know if one yep. of us say, ah, oh, man, it looks like, you know, no one's back here because as soon as one of us says it, we'll like within 10 minutes guarantee you like right in front of our face, there's a, a stinking ladder stand or a, or a hang on. But yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah. And, and so when I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for places that, that are, might be overlooked or, uh, or harder to get to. Yeah. And, uh, and really, so this one piece of state land I've been been hunting, I've been I've been seeing deer. Um, I haven't I haven't seen a deer I wanted to shoot yet. This year was the year of the year and a half old buck for me. <laughs> um, I I've never seen I've never had so many year and a half old bucks uh, give me opportunities, and uh, it's it's one of those things that I'm 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 not a, like a pure trophy hunter. I I like filling the freezer. But uh, I, it's one of those things. So out in Butler County, the antler restrictions uh, are stricter than the rest of the state out there. Yep. That's they're the uh, three up. Yep. So, um, and man, that has done wonders for the deer out there. Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've I've gotten some slammers on camera uh, on trail cam. Um, I probably got a couple deer in the one sixties on trail cam before. Sweet. I I know they. I know they can get a lot bigger than that, but man, that gets me excited. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've been able to harvest a couple, a couple one thirties. My biggest is a one fifty, and, uh, uh, that has done wonders, but, 
Um, but to be honest, I was not going to be too picky this year out here. If I had any, any legal two and a half year old deer, uh, out on this side of the state on public land, I would have gladly shot it. But, uh, I didn't, didn't come across one here this year, uh, while hunting. But, um, uh, but so, so for that piece of land, I was doing a lot of e-scouting now for the game lands here, um, closer to my house. Uh, I mean, I, I trump all through that place for looking for sheds and everything else, um, in the early spring, late winter. And, uh, so I ended up seeing a lot of sign from the previous, uh, like previous fall. And, uh, so I end up, I end up, uh, doing some, uh, tra- some trace lines and some tracks on uh, hunt stand and being able to, uh, if I come across a bed or, uh, come across any type of like community scrapes or anything like that. But, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, the deer, the deer numbers are, are a lot lower, but it's one of those things that, uh, when I'm looking at what the deer are doing, they're doing the same thing, Yeah. but, uh, it, they're just not as predictable. And when you're not hunting the, the ag fields, you're, you're looking at the other food sources. You're looking at the acorns. Uh, uh, you're looking at, uh, uh, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, you're looking at, uh, uh, as far as what there's deer great. Uh, there's, Grazing I always pass deer housing. coming up my road in people's yards. Um, it's one of those things, uh, depending on what they're feeding on, where they're feeding, um, just trying to, uh, get a handle on some of that. It's, uh, I have five acres that, that borders the game lands here. And I mean, I've done a bunch of hunting just on my little five acre property. Uh, and, and to be honest, come rifle season, that's probably what I'll be doing a lot of out here. Um, we get a lot of, a lot of hunting pressure for rifle season and that ends up pushing the deer right up, right up near me. Nice. And, uh, it's one of those things I, I haven't shot one yet in rifle season up here. And, uh, I do think that I have a really good chance this year. I still have, I have a doe tag here for five B then I have a, uh, some D map tags for that state park. So I'm going to be putting the time in and, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm probably going to try to take the bow out. Uh, I can, I can get into some spots with the bow where I don't have to worry about the 150 yard safety zone, uh, that I can, I feel like I can probably capitalize on that. There you but, go. Um, uh, but yeah, but it definitely gets tougher here the later in the year, especially with the bow. So I know it's, um, it, it's funny. And Dimitri, I want you to elaborate on it. Like you, I've, it's, I've been seeing a couple more memes coming out, uh, recently where it's, you know, getting ready for rifle season. You mean that harder archery season? I, what I mean, I know what they mean by that. <laughs> I'm saying people are still going to be going out with the bow, but you know, some people do think like, Oh, it's time to get the boomstick out. And it's just so easy, but you know, deer's, deer pattern changes even then because people are out there driving deer and you know what <laughs> what do you think well you know where we hunt and and typically where i shot my buck in archery is you know you have about 45 minutes of light <laughs> of natural movement and then after that it's yep. just getting lucky enough that a yeah. you know a buck a mature buck gets pushed in front of you and, and you get a shot opportunity and that's just the rest of the day. And, and basically pretty much all rifle season, you know, you're maybe the first, 
you know, you get some days where in the middle of the week or you know, weekends before guys start pushing, you might get a, an hour of not, I mean, I guess I'd call it natural movement, but deer just trying to get to their bed before, you know, but, uh, it, it gets tough and it's basically, there's no strategy involved Well, there's strategy because you're trying to find transition areas of, you know, where the deer would run through cover, you know, if they were trying to cross onto the next Ridge or, you know, vice versa. Um, so there is a, some sort of strategy, but it's just a lot different than archery hunting. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and that's the thing I, and, uh, I'm not, not opposed to taking the, taking the gun for a walk. I haven't, uh, haven't killed anything with the gun, I think since 2005, but, uh, and, and any deer. Um, but, uh, uh, it's one of those things. I just, I love bow hunting yeah. and, uh, the last deer I shot with the last buck I shot with my rifle, uh, it was when I was, was just getting into bow hunting and I just was just like, man, I wish this was with a bow. Like, <laughs> just, for me, the feeling just wasn't the same. And, uh, but to be honest, I mean, I, I think, I think I would get crazy excited right now shooting with a gun, just it's something I haven't done in a while. I'll tell you what, but, dude, uh, I, I, I second that Ryan. I, I would say the last couple of years I've, I've been excited to kind of, uh, last year, last year was just a weird year for me in, in general of how I felt about things. But this year, I think because, you know, my dad has bucks on camera. I know there's some other bucks around here, Dimitri. So when I have a chance to hunt back, uh, where I live currently, I think having, knowing that deer are still around and moving and we have them on camera has me more, yep. more excited for rifle than I have been in years. Um, kind of, kind of like what you said though, Ryan, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to get after it for this weekend. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of, uh, like you were saying, you might stick around home. Like, is it mainly because like you said, the people are going to be pushing towards your area and you know these deer kind of look at your property as a little safe haven yeah yeah pr- pr- pretty much pretty much and uh uh cu- couple couple things so like yeah i uh uh so back home in butler county uh the the, the family farm gets a little bit of uh, a pretty good amount of pressure from uh, my dad and some of his buddies and uh, uh so may- later in the season i might might head out there for maybe the, maybe the last weekend in rifle or something. But, um, uh, I was, I, I'm still not totally settled. There's, I got a lot of state forests not too far from me either. And, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, you can set up on one of those ridges and, uh, you never know what might come through when, when, when they start doing the drives. But, uh, but here, here near me, uh, I'm tempted to set up the ground blind here below my house. My, my son's been uh, really saying, "Dad, I want to go hunting." Uh, in fact, so whenever, uh, well, I know we'll get to this, but um, whenever I got back from Kansas, the day I got back here, uh, and uh, he's like, I mentioned something about the last days coming up, and he says, "Dad, we didn't go hunting," <laughs> and uh, he's he's not one to he's not one to sit in the blind very long, yeah. um, but he doesn't have a lot of patience yet. He's only five. But, uh, but he wants to get out there and I, I, I want to take him if he wants to go, but, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, I can even set that up below my house here. I can bring him in there with me if he wants and, uh, he can play on his tablet or whatever. But, uh, uh, but I think he'd have a good chance of seeing deer as well. Cause just, uh, the deer feel that as a safe haven haven yeah. here down below, 
below my house and between some of these other houses and, uh, uh, they, they do get pushed there. Uh, I, last year I had a guy ended up, uh, shooting the deer in muzzle like flintlock and, uh, he tracked it the whole way to my property and real nice guy. He, he found me on Facebook, uh, from my, he saw my post at sign and, uh, he looked me up and, uh, uh, we, we ended up tracking the deer to a bed here on, right on my place. And, uh, uh, sure enough, it's right. It's, it's a heavy, heavily brushy area. And, uh, yeah, they just, they just feel safe holding up down there. That's great. But yeah. That's, yep. That's exciting to know. I mean, that's, you know, that should make you excited to, like you like I said, to get out there and hopefully, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I was kind of like in in your shoes the past couple of years, like, oh, I just want to shoot one with the bow, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I think, I don't know, knowing that deer are around and I'm just, I just want to hunt. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that, and that's the thing. I mean, so, I mean, you, you, you have a kid, yep, so, you know, it's exactly, uh, man, the, the time, the amount of time that you get to spend, uh, hunting gets less and less every year for a little while. And, and now, I mean, unfortunately this year I have, I have hunted a lot, um, in comparison to previous years, it's, it's getting easier, uh, to, to get away. Um, it's also easier when, when he wants to, to go with me and wants to go <laughs> shed hunting and wants to do these other things. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, your, your focus shifts and, uh, uh it's been a couple of years. I haven't got one in PA. I think since, since 2017, I think was my last buck I got in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, I, there, there've been many years that I've passed a lot of deer and, uh, but the last couple, I've just had trouble trouble getting on one with the amount of time I've had to spend in Pennsylvania. And, uh, typically, I would take a week off work here during the rut. And the last two years, I've been fortunate enough to take that week and go to Kansas, um, which has been awesome. But that that has also meant that my best week in Pennsylvania, I probably was I wasn't making it out. So, gotcha. um, but. So yeah, but no, just, uh, you, you shift your focus and, uh, you, you don't take your time out there for granted. And, uh, it's just, you sort of go back to some of the basics and just, uh, just getting excited about hunting. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation Highlight. Hi everyone, this is Billy with Pertinier Outdoors for this week's Vortex Highlight. Uh, we're going to give a couple tips on using your optics during gun season. Uh, the first one is going to be a safety tip, um, something that I was taught at a young age and something that I, I really think is very important, especially if you're a new hunter, to be thinking about this. Uh, during gun season, we often uh, take advantage of the fact that we have a scope on our shotgun or rifle or muzzle loader to take a look at what we're you know, we might see ahead of us if we see some movement or if you're glassing a side hill. Uh, oftentimes people would like to use the, the optics on their gun rather than use the binoculars on their chest. Um, I would strongly encourage anyone to, uh, unless you definitely know it's a deer and you're ready to, to put your gun up on it and, and think about making a shot, uh, first thing you should do is use your binoculars instead of your gun um, because you would hate to point your gun at something that you do not want that gun to go off at. Um, case in point, safety is no accident, and uh, the last thing you want to do is have your gun go off and 
shoot someone or something that you should not be shooting at in the woods. So a little safety tip there and just a, a, a fun reminder uh, off of a Vortex highlight I had a month or two ago about your scope care while you're out in the woods. Uh, oftentimes we have moisture, we got rain, snow, uh, fog, you know, your breath uh, can fog up your scope. So try to make sure you have some sort of a lens cleaning cloth. Um, I like to run a, uh, if I'm just kind of hiking and covering ground, not expecting to shoot, I usually have a neoprene cover that I put over my scope. I've really become to like that quite a bit um, just to keep the moisture off. But, uh, you know, keep your, keep your glass clean because at any moment you might need to uh, pull that gun up and acquire your target and make a shot. And the last thing you want to do is pull it up and have your, your scope be fogged over. So keep your, try to keep your gun and your scope away from your body. Uh, that generates heat and it can fog up that. Uh, so whether it be your binoculars or your, um, or your gun, airflow is important. So keep, the, keep your gun away from you if you can, if you want to keep it defogged, but away, you know, open without something covering it. Uh, or keep something like the neoprene cover or your binos uh, covered up with caps to try to avoid that. So when you need them, they are clear, uh, but then keep that, keep that lens cloth with you to keep your optics clean. So with that, that's today's, uh, today's highlight for you. Uh, good luck this weekend for all of you in Pennsylvania. Very excited for you to have your opening day and to put the equalizer, that being the gun in your hands. So shoot straight, be safe and, and good luck. Well, that's what, and I think even rifle season's a lot about tradition and family yeah, and friends, absolutely. and you hear it all the time, right? And it's kind of cool hearing, you know, I, I talk to a lot of my patients, and we talk hunting, and so I hear a lot of stories of, and it's interesting just to hear what different people do, <laughs> right? You know, some go to camp, some, you know, do this, and, you know, one guy today was talking about him and his buddies just to get together and play poker one night you know and, and so everyone yep. has a little bit different traditions that they do and i think you know for me you know i i i like killing deer but i mean <laughs> it's you know more yeah. about just relaxing and telling stories and getting together and bsing and you know talking about how archery went and you know and that's what we love doing right telling stories and and so absolutely so, you know, and if you haven't filled a tag, it does get stressful and there's, you know, some headaches with rifle hunting. But I mean, I feel like sometimes you just got to sit back during rifle season and, and just kind of have fun with it sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan, what I like the question that Dimitri asked earlier uh, about hunting, like the new territory, how you dive in it, dive into it and try to be successful and you just mentioned now with Kansas, the past two years, you've been going during the rut. Could you maybe explain a little bit about that background? Just because I have a couple points in Kansas and I'm really eager to get out there. You know, what ha kind of trip is that for you? And then kind of talk a little bit about like that whole scouting that new spot and, you know, what has your or your friends that you go with uh, that success rate look like for you guys? Yeah. So, uh, so we ended up, uh, so we've gone the last two years and before that, so I, I went with my buddy, John, uh, before that his brother went, uh, the year before with a buddy and they, so we hunted the same area that they hunted. Uh, they managed to kill a doe, a doe and a coyote, I think is what they got when they went out there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, they ended up saving some waypoints and, uh, the following year, 
John and I went down and we sort of started with some of their, their info that they, they gave us. Um, we ended up checking out some of the properties that, that they meant that they hunted. And now we were hunting, uh, public land, but, uh, the public land we were hunting was walk-in hunting areas. Um, they are, it's a very cool thing that Kansas does is so like their DNR. So like their game commission, uh, goes around, they meet with landowners and they end up having leases with the landowners to have their ground open to the public to hunt, which is pretty cool. I mean, I think it's sort of like what the game commission tried to do with the hunter access program, but, uh, I don't, I don't think it's near as successful. Um, but part of what, part of what, uh, we have going against us in Pennsylvania is just our sheer number of hunters. Um, so when it comes down to that, uh, but so these were walking pieces. Uh, we were pulling up uh, the map layers. Uh, Onyx has the layers has a layer for the walk-in hunting areas. Um, Kansas also has it on their website. But uh, each year they change. So there were some that uh, my buddy's brother hunted and that were not open the year we went down. They were they ended up not being leased out anymore. Uh, there ended up being some new ones but we had a starting point so that we had a little bit of history there, um, which was super helpful. But, um, uh, so we were looking for some areas that were close to the campground we were staying at, um, something, something driving distance. We weren't afraid to drive a good ways. If there was some, if there were some places that both of us could get into, right. Um, there, the property sizes vary. Um, now in comparison to Pennsylvania, the properties are huge. Uh, like this one that I killed my buck on was like 300 and something acres. And, uh, like that was an average size one. There were some that were a lot bigger. Uh, last, last year I hunted one a good bit that was 80 acres. Um, which is like the, which that's like a, I'd say an average, like a good size farm around here. What kind of, uh, what kind of pressure compared to other hunters did you run into at all doing that? So, so last year there wasn't near as much pressure as there was this year. Uh, everybody trying to do the same thing that we were doing. Uh, we saw people, uh, we talked to a few people. We ended up seeing truck plates from parked in these spots from Florida, Alabama, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, New Jersey, uh, Missouri. So people from all over doing the same thing. And, uh, and I mean, it, it was frustrating. I mean, we, we would go to a spot and be like, okay, if there's no truck parked here, we're hunting this piece. And, uh, sure enough, pull up, there's a truck. And, uh, but, uh, but so, but so last year we, we, we checked out a bunch of different areas. Um, we had a bunch of, bunch of information, uh, that we used for this hunting season. Um, my buddy found a spot last year that he really liked. He saw a bunch of deer on there. Um, nothing, nothing great, but he saw a lot of deer, uh, as opposed to my season last year out there. I only saw two deer from the stand last year. I saw a doe, uh, which I could have shot, but, uh, the way she was acting, I was swore there was a booner behind her. Like I was, <laughs> I got so excited. I'm like, man, there's a bun. I'll be a buck trailer yep. and nothing ended up coming out. But, uh, uh, but that, that's the thing. So Kansas has some really good deer, their deer numbers 
are not like the deer density is much lower. But, uh, but man, you don't know what you're going to see. You get some older age class bucks and, uh, it's just a lot of fun. But, uh, uh, so last year I ended up getting some really good trail cam pictures of some deer, uh, on the farm that I was hunting that 80 acre piece. But, uh, here ended up, uh, I think that place is more of a, uh, just a transition area. Okay. Uh, they, I think they moved through there a lot at night. That's where most of my pictures were. I did have one daylight picture of a good buck. I would have definitely shot. Uh, I ended up, uh, I ended up hunting this funnel that I had my camera set up on, uh, later in the week that week last year. Uh, but nothing ever came through. So, but, uh, so this year, we, I felt I knew that farm pretty good. Like I was dreaming about that farm at night throughout the year, like how I would set up and trying to, and, uh, dang it. If you wouldn't, I, I hunted there several days this year and still and didn't see another deer. Um, but, uh, we kept a camera up there and I ended up pulling here at the end of the week. And I did have a couple buck on camera there. Um, one decent one again, all the night, uh, so that property didn't pan out, but we ended up this year. I think we walked, we walked and or drove past 16 or 17 different walk-in hunting properties. Um, we found good sign on, I'd say four of them. Okay. And, uh, the, the sign was even hard to come by this year. Like we ended up, uh, finding some decent scrapes and, that's what we ended up. That's, that's what we sort of just banked our stuff on our odds on. Um, we're like, well, there's, there's deer here. They're actively using these scrapes. They were fresh. Um, it seemed like stuff was slow. We talked to a couple hunters in the area that, uh, the, the, in the campground we were staying at, there were a couple hunters there. We talked to them. I talked to, uh, Tyler Barron, who's one of the guys on bow hunter die. Uh, he was down in Kansas, uh, when we were on our way down there. So I was messaging him. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, he's like, I've seen zero signs of the rut. He's like, I've been here several days. I've seen zero signs of the rut. So and slow. Everywhere. We, actually, <laughs> we, we were sort of psyched about that though, because that means we weren't there too late. Right. And, uh, the weather was warm when we first got there. It was in the, the first day I think was like 81 degrees. Ooh. I was, I remember I was eating lunch in shorts wow. and, uh, I, I didn't bring much like light early season type year, uh, looking at the weather, it, it got a little bit warmer than they were calling for, but, um, ended up, uh, uh, cooling down throughout the week. And, uh, some of the properties that, uh, we wanted to give these properties that we had some history on and found sign on a chance first, uh, because those properties from what we, from what we could gather, didn't have a lot of hunting pressure recently. I mean, someone could have shot a buck there the week before we were there. We don't know, but there were no trucks there in the parking lots when we were there. So, um, uh, we gave those spots a try. We set some cameras up on some of these other ones and, uh, gave it a couple days. Um, after, after the first two days, I was telling my buddy, John, I'm like, we need to check out some of these other ones. Um, I wanted to get more aggressive this year. I didn't want to sit back sort of like I did the previous year. Um, it's one of those things I found when I was younger, I was a little bit more, more aggressive with my tactics as far as, uh, 
uh, moving more frequently, getting in close to where I think the deer were, um, not just sort of sitting back waiting for things to happen the way I think they should. And I find myself, uh, when I have less time to hunt, I find myself using some more historical data, like, oh, this spot was good, or this is what they did in the past. And that's not necessarily what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, I think I need to, I need to go back and do more of that, uh, pretty much going off the fresh sign, going off what I'm seeing actively. And, uh, I think my success rate will go up a little bit more with my limited time hunting. But, uh, uh, but so what we ended up doing, uh, was we ended up shifting focus to a couple other properties, uh, that we found sign on. A uh, couple of them, we ended up finding some other hunters. One of them, we went on to, uh, we found this great scrape. Uh, we set a camera up. We got some pictures. We're like, man, this spot just looks good. I was telling my buddy, I'm like, man, this just feels like I'm watching like a real tree monster bucks video when I'm standing <laughs> in the spot. Like it just felt like, it felt like Kansas. It's like, man, this is what I just picture a giant coming through this thicket here and coming to work this scrape. And, uh, Sure enough, my buddy went to go hunt it that night and, uh, someone already hung a stand in this little narrow batch of trees since we were there two days prior. And, uh, so, I mean, and you can't blame, you can't, I mean, they, they found the good sign too. I mean, someone else was putting in the work, uh, it, but it is what it is. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question yeah, with that, but no, I, before I get, for before sure. I get too far along, no, for sure. So now, talk about the the day that it happened, like for you out there. So, uh, well, so so I'll go I'll go to the day I'll go to the day before. So I ended up finally saying, "Hey, I'm going to go hunt this other spot." Uh, it was actually it was a we found two properties that were like I don't know seven miles away from each other. My buddy went to hunt the one. I told him to drop me off at this one. Uh, it a lot of, uh, a lot of cow pasture out there, um, which they rotate the animals around a good bit. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally want to hunt one that has cows in it, uh, actively because from what we ran into, as soon as you pull up, I mean, the cows kind of running, they think you got, they think you're, you're bringing, bringing the feed wagon or something. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but this farm, the cattle were not in the pastures that I was hunting and, uh, uh, this one pasture was a really brushy grown up area, had a bunch of cedars, um, a bunch of other grasses, uh, some small saplings, um, bunch of Osage orange trees. You know what those are? Those are those, uh, like they have those green things, like some people call them monkey balls or hedge apples. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, so a bunch of those all over the place. Um, and all their, all their fences are all barbed wire. Um, so it's, it, it wreaks havoc on your hunting clothes if you're not paying attention, but, um, ended up, uh, there was one brushy pasture that I felt these deer were, were probably bedding in. It was the pasture that I ended up finding a bunch of the scrapes in. So, uh, talking with my buddy, we were looking at the wind. I wanted to, I took a, a really long way around to get to where I wanted to hunt. Uh, cause I figured they were bedded on this lower edge of the pasture. And then I figured they'd be working their way up through and heading over to a cornfield uh, a couple hundred yards away. Well, I, I make my way around this pasture. I'm like probably 40 yards from where I want to set up my, my saddle platform. And 
I just make my way to the edge of the fence. And there's a clump of cedars. Wouldn't you know it? As soon as I get there to where I want to cross the fence, up jumps this giant frame buck like eight yards away. I just see, I just see this big frame and I see him take off and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. I just, I just blew a great buck out of here. He's not coming back. And, uh, but I'm like, well, I'm going to set up where I wanted to set up anyways. Um, maybe he's not the only buck in here. And so I set up about 30 yards from one of the scrapes that I've, I've found. Um, the one that looked like it was the most recently used. I ended up setting up in an, in an Osage orange tree, uh, only about eight feet off the ground. So it was, uh, but again, with the, with the saddle, I mean, you got that cover and you can get into, you can get into just about any tree. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a great tree by any means. I was facing the wrong direction. Uh, it was, uh, these Osage orange trees are covered in thorns. I'm totally ripped up. I'm, I got the scabs all over from, from uh, climbing into that thing. But, uh, uh, but it was the best tree that I could find. It was the only tree I could find to get me a shot to this scrape. I wanted to be able to shoot to, um, ended up that night. I ended up seeing two doe. Um, they stayed out a little ways from me, but, uh, it just, it felt like it, it felt like a good spot. So I left everything in the tree, uh, came back the next morning. Uh, my buddy ended up, uh, running into some more hunting pressure on the spot he was hunting. I was like, dude, let's just both hunt this farm. So, uh, we were gonna, he was gonna hunt on the ground and I was gonna hunt from my saddle. Uh, we were both gonna hunt this brushy pasture and then come lunchtime, we'd find a spot for him to set up. We'd, we'd hang a set. Uh, I brought another stand in too, so we could hang a couple sets if we found some good stuff. And, uh, and again, like I said, this property was like 300 something acres. So it was a good chunk and, uh, ended up, we didn't see anything. Uh, I'm just standing there just staring to where I feel these deer are going to be coming from. Uh, ended up seeing some movement here, found out the cows are in the next pasture up. And, uh, at first I, I thought they were black Angus. So they were them walking and, uh, what I thought were like, like voids and like the trees and stuff was actually cow bodies. And, uh, bring it back. So I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, I know the deer are used to them, but, uh, uh, I'm like, Oh, that's just, I was hoping it was a buck pushing a doe around and here it's just cows grazing. Um, but, uh, Bring home the beef. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we got an antler that was tagged too. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, around, I think it was around 8.30 or so, uh, ended up seeing seeing movement down to my left. And uh, as soon as I saw it, it, it was that buck I jumped the day before. And uh, he was making his way back up towards me. And he was like, he was like, when I first saw him, he was, it was like a, at a trot, like he was moving pretty good. Then he slowed up. First thing I did was I hit record on, uh, my camera. I had it pointed towards the scrape, towards the opening in the field where I felt I would be able to get a shot and, uh, grab my bow. Uh, that morning I actually was, <laughs> so the way this, the way the saddle was, the way the platform was set up, uh, 
if I had my saddle, if I had my, uh, if I was tethered to the tree, I was facing the wrong way. So like, I was sort of like leaning to my left and I had a lot of pressure on my like left hip and, uh, the night before. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't do that again. So I actually brought my, my hunter safety system with me as well. So I have my saddle on and my hunter safety system. I ended up using the saddle platform sort of as a, just a super small, uh, hang on. And, uh, I was able to face the other direction by tying off to a different tree, being able to face away from the tree. And, uh, so I had that on, uh, but, uh, grab my bow, this buck starts walking up and he stops like 15 yards from me, but I didn't have this tree all trimmed out or anything. I mean, it would have taken a lot. I also didn't, uh, with it being public land, I didn't want to trim a bunch of stuff. Uh, I, if some, I, it's one of those things. I don't know what all the rules are. I didn't want to trim a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't, I didn't even have my saw with me. So, um, I had a big piece of this Osage orange tree in the way, which provided good cover, um, which allowed me to get my bow drawn and stuff. But, uh, he ended up facing the opening. Uh, I could see him sniffing. My wind was blowing right towards him. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I, I laid eyes on this buck again and I'm not going to get a shot. And, uh, he came from the opposite direction that I thought he would. He came from the lower part of the pasture. I figured he, they would be coming back from feeding in the morning, making their way back to bedding. But again, his bed was up near me. So I guess he was doing his rounds, checking his scrapes, that sort of thing before he laid down for the day. But, uh, he spun around like he was going to leave. And then for some reason he spun around again, like 10 seconds later. Um, I was already at full draw at that point. He ended up, uh, making his way up through super cautiously. I uh, didn't, didn't want to stop him like with a grunt or anything. Cause he was already on edge. He was, he was just, he was walking slowly. Um, he ended up giving me a shot at about 25 yards. I let the arrow fly when he finally hit an opening for me. And, uh, uh, I ended up hitting him a little bit back. I got, uh, I got liver and lung, but, uh, he did a big mule kick and just took off. And I, I couldn't believe it. I, I called my buddy up right away. I'm like, dude, I just shot that giant buck. And he says, uh, he says, dude, I was at full draw on him too. Here, uh, my buddy was set up on the ground like 100 yards away. This buck ended up walking behind him and uh, like 20 feet behind him, he said. He could hear him breathing. And as he was like uh, scent checking for does, he, he's like he had his mouth hanging wide open. And uh, he ended up going around my buddy. My buddy was in the ghillie suit on the ground uh, set up between two oaks and ended up this deer ended up walking down around him and he came to full draw. And I don't know if the deer saw him or if uh, like saw him come to full draw or if just sense something wasn't right. I don't know, but I guess he ended up trotting off and uh, that's when he ended up making his way up towards me. So, I, I mean, there was a lot of luck involved, but, uh, but for us both to be a full draw on this buck was just insane. And, uh, so it makes for a really good story. It sure <laughs> but, does. But, uh, uh, he said, Hey, let's, let's wait an hour, uh, before we get down and look for him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm 
good given deer time. I'm not one. I don't want to push them. Yeah. But, uh, man, I was shaking and I'm like, I need to get on the ground. Like I can't be standing up here. I at least need to be on the, on the ground. So, uh, after all the, all my phone calls, told my wife and called my dad. And, uh, then I started packing stuff up and climbed down, uh, reviewed the footage a bunch. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go look and see where I, where I shot this deer, see if there's blood right there. I go over snow blood. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I'm like, I, I swore I saw blood as he was running away and couldn't find anything. Came back, sat down at the base of the tree again, looking at the footage, looking at the footage and, uh, come to the realization. I didn't look out far enough. I was looking too close. I, I'm like, that's the wrong cedar I was looking by. And it's just, it's crazy how, how in the moment, uh, like when you're up in the tree, you're like, that's, that's where he was. That's where he was. <laughs> as soon as you get down on the ground, I mean, it can, you can, you can miss it. Yeah. I was off by like, I was off by like probably eight or 10 yards. And, uh, uh, my buddy came over and sure enough, we found blood right away. And, uh, and pretty decent blood for point of impact, at least from my experience. I, uh, a lot of times right at the point of impact, you don't typically have a lot of blood, but, uh, good blood right away. Uh, followed it for out, followed it out to where the deer jumped the fence into a more open pasture, um, tracked him across this, this grass field for about a hundred yards till he hit a, a like a opening in a, another fence row and cut down through another field. At that point, I'm like, uh, do we want to push him? Do we want to, do we want to wait a little bit? He's not, it wasn't great blood. It was still, it was consistent. Like we were, and I think if it was in the woods on the leaves, it'd be a lot easier to see. That's the weird thing. So like here in Pennsylvania, this time of year, sometimes it's kind of hard with, you got the, a lot of the maples have those little pigments of red in the leaves Uh in Kansas. If there's a blood tree on the woods, it's easy to follow, but man, it gets out in the pasture or a, or a grass field. Man, it's tough. And, uh, uh, we ended up tracking him about 200 yards and the skies were getting dark. Um, you could hear some thunder in the distance. Yeah, a storm was rolling in and I'm like, man, I don't want to lose this deer. I don't want to push him, but I also don't want to lose blood because if they were calling for a half an inch of rain throughout the whole day and I'm just like, man, that, that could be enough to, to mess things up. Um, but, uh, I'm like, dude, what do you think? Should we, we were at the edge of the woods. I'm like, you think we should just wait? He says, man, it's up to you. He says, I, he says, it's your deer. He says, I'd hate to, I'd hate to tell you, let's go, go after him. And, uh, if, and then us bump him. he says, but, uh, he said, but when was it you killed your last buck? I'm like, Oh dude, I'm probably, I don't know, three years. I'm like, I think it was 2017. He says, no, 841 this morning. I'm like, man, I hope so. He says, no, you killed your last buck at 841 this morning. I see him. There he is. Holy cow. And uh, he was only, he was only 10 yards in the woods, but my <laughs> angle, I couldn't see, I couldn't see him. And, uh, man, it was just, just an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it just capped off a great trip and, uh, we ended up, uh, uh, getting them tagged and getting them dry out to the field. And, uh, he, uh, he ended up being, I measured him here after I got home. He scored 141 and six eighths yep. and, uh, they grow him a lot bigger down there, but man, <laughs> I was tickled. Uh, it was, uh, we were, my buddy kept telling me, he's like, 
he's like, we don't want to shoot anything under 120 or 130. And uh, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I haven't killed a buck in years. I'm like, man, a hundred and 110 incher, man, I'm, I'm going to let an arrow fly. <laughs> maybe not open it. Maybe not the first day, but man, later in the week, yep. it's <laughs> my, uh, it's my quality of deer that I'm going to be passing on. Well, that's when uh, you come home too, yeah. and the missus is giving you crap because you're like, you're going all <laughs> oh, that way. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that was, that's the, and, 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 uh, my wife does a good job of giving me some crap with that, but uh, it's all in, it's all in, in love and, and jokingly, but at the same time, you, you do feel that pressure. Oh, like, yeah. um, and, we, and we, you know, we put it on ourselves mm. and, uh, my, my freezer was empty here and, uh, I ended up tagging a doe in Pennsylvania right before I left for Kansas, which was a good confidence booster. But, uh, but man, getting this bucket, it was something else. And, uh, we, uh, got some pictures and got some video of it and, um, ended up, uh, my buddy went to go get a frame pack from his truck. Cause we're like, Oh, this storm's coming in. It'd, it'd be like a 600 or yard yard more or more drag out to the truck. Um, we're like, we're this, we might have to pack this thing out. And, uh, so he started making his way back. I'm like, I'll get him gutted here a while. And, uh, sure enough, the rain starts, it's heavy. Next thing I know it's hailing on me <laughs> and, uh, a big bolt of lightning cracked probably a couple hundred feet away. I'm like, Holy cow. I'm like, I just, I just had like the best day and now I'm going to get struck by lightning and die out. here. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it was pretty wild. And, uh, we ended up getting like, that part of Kansas got like four, four and a half inches of rain when they were only calling for a half inch that day. Jeez. Um, it was pretty wild, but, uh, uh, but we ended up, uh, I ended up making my way back to the truck because I, I mean, I was soaked to the bone, but I'm like, I can't, I can't be standing out here in this lightning. Uh, so got the deer gutted, uh, grabbed my bow, grabbed my pack, um, made my way back to the truck. We waited like an hour and a half. Uh, we were watching the radar seeing that uh the the weather was breaking and uh there we had a look look like a half hour 45 minute break before the next big cell hit so we we hightailed it back to the deer got got him uh uh loaded up on the the frame pack and uh started packing ourselves out and uh it was uh, it was just an amazing hunt and uh and then to cap it all off my buddy john got a buck the next night Nice. Um, so we, uh, he ended up going back to the property that he hunted a lot the previous year, uh, that always had a truck parked at it this year. Well, uh, didn't have a truck parked there that day. And he, he got set up again on the ground with a ghillie suit. He wasn't set up more than two minutes. We he turns around. He, we have, he we... has a buck, <laughs> he has a buck walking 40 yards, like dead towards him from the field edge. And, uh, he ended up taking a step to the other side of the tree. Uh, Buck ended up walking down this trail down into this Creek bottom, gave him like, I think he said an 18 yard shot, double lunged him. Uh, he ended up calling me up. He dropped me off at another farm to take some stands down that we had set up uh, and collect some cameras. Cause we were going to be, we were either going to be leaving Friday afternoon or Saturday morning anyways. So uh, uh, I was just doing some, some cleanup and, he came, got me. We went down, got this deer out. Um, just couldn't ask for a better trip. We've, uh, good, good buddies that we don't, we don't get to see each other that often anymore. And, uh, 
uh, let alone hunt together. So the last two years we made it a point, uh, ever since high school, we've had big aspirations of going on all these hunting trips and, uh, well, it hasn't happened. And, uh, last year he was like, Hey man, let's do it. Let's go to Kansas. Let's, let's go hunt whitetails. And we were debating between Missouri and Kansas, and, uh, decided on Kansas. And, uh, last year was awesome that I didn't see crap for deer, but it was just a great week able to forget about work. Mm. Um, relax just a good mental reset and uh and then this year uh getting the deer was a bonus um but just what a trip i i couldn't we couldn't ask for more and uh and that's the thing when we've we've learned a bunch more and i don't know if we'll be getting back there this coming year or or not but uh uh but it's one of those things just learning learning some new ground uh it's great when pieces of the puzzle actually come together when you actually, when you actually feel like you know what you're doing and you're not just, not just, uh, I mean, being able to go out there, find this sign, get on a big deer, kill the big deer. Um, it was, it was surreal. Um, yeah, could, couldn't ask for more. Well, and I think that's the hardest part. I mean, we, we haven't gone out of state to hunt whitetail yet. Um, but the, the, what I've seen is to figure out on, especially if it's a new state and you've never been there, maybe you've done a little bit of scouting is to figure out, you know, you probably only have five to seven days, right. To kind of make it happen. It's like, do I go in there and, you know, I only have so many sits, right. Do I just sit and kind of learn and try to, you know, piece it together as I go, or do I, you know, take the first day or two of the scout and really find areas and, and maybe hang some trail cameras, you know, cause you're not in there all the time to kind of get that inventory. So, you know, that's, that's the hardest piece. And then, you know, maybe if you do it year after year, you're going to kind of learn it and be more familiar with properties. But I think, you know, that first time or two is, is the hard part of figuring it out of like how you want to go about that out of state hunt, because, you know, there is that aspect of pressure when, you know, even on yourself is there's only five to seven days of making it happen. We kind of had that same thing in Utah, uh, with mule deer, but you know, like kind of like what you did, Ryan, is you kind of scouted and, and pieced it together and, and, and kind of eventually it came about in the end. But, uh, I think the, the hardest part is, you know, one is getting people to commit to going out of state and two, you know, once you're there, what, what, what do you do once you get there? Exactly. And that, and that, that is, I mean, I definitely credit our success. I mean, it was, it was both like my buddy John's, it was, it was past history with that property that made him know how, uh, the deer moved through that property. Uh, but, but this buck I got, it was definitely the, the scouting that we did early on that week. Um, that led to that deer getting killed. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. I think, I think if you're able to spend some of that time scouting up front, uh, like we, we got there Saturday afternoon. Uh, we ended up scouting a little bit Saturday afternoon, but we also didn't want to booger up a spot, um, by tromping around it during prime time. So, uh, we did get a couple cameras hung and, uh, in, in, in some properties that we knew with some pinch points that we could get to without, without, uh, like exposing ourselves there. So we ended up, uh, then doing some glassing that night. 
but uh then the next whole day we dedicated that to scouting we we thought that we'd be hunting that next day but uh after running across from some of these properties and seeing some of some of the hunting pressure we were dealing with uh we were like well we really need to we really need to find some spots and we don't want to rush in um and put all our eggs in one basket like like uh, like we sort of did last year uh with that one property and it just didn't pan out right. um because just because deer move through the property if they're not moving through in daylight or, or i mean it's not going to do you any good but um uh but yeah putting that extra time scouting up front if you can do it that helps but but you're right you like this was like a thousand mile drive for us and it's like man to have to spend a quarter or a third of the trip scouting i mean you just want to get out there and hunt you want to get in the tree um because i mean but but again when we were scouting we also we we took our bows everywhere. We didn't want to, we didn't want to chance, uh, <laughs> chance seeing something and not having our bows. So, uh, we definitely had our bows every single time, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, I totally see your point and that's, and that is the, that is sort of the nice thing. Um, so with white tails, I mean, it's the, it's the same animal that we're hunting here in PA. I mean, it's, it's a little different. Their habitats way different. Like, uh, you're used to bigger chunks of woods, um, some ag fields. Well, this is, I mean, if you find a 20 acre block of timber, that's a pretty big piece of timber there. Um, there are some bigger pieces, uh, some of these, some of these river bottoms and, uh, some of these steep, steep sections have some pretty good timber on them, but these deer, they're in these little fingers, they're in these cedar pockets, they're in, uh, uh, these little wooded drainages. I mean, uh, it's, it's totally different. And that's the thing. I mean, out there, it's like, man, a deer could be anywhere. Whereas here it's like, well, more than likely they're not, they're not, uh, in this, uh, like right now, I mean, they're going to be, uh, still sort of doing their, their own thing, become rifle season. They're going to be in these little, these little pockets down below these houses and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, but out there without, even the hunting pressure we were seeing out there doesn't compare, doesn't compare to what we were dealing with in Pennsylvania. And we, and we tried telling some of the people we talked to out there, we're like, they're like, Oh man, they're like, there've been trucks here every week. And we're like, it, that's not deterring us. I mean, you go to a public land piece around here and not have a couple pickup trucks in it. I mean, that's a rarity. I mean, maybe, maybe early in the season on a weekday, maybe you can run into where you're the only vehicle, but, uh, and on Saturday, uh, it's a different story. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think, too, the moral of the story, Dimitri, you said it, too, to him, and, and Ryan, you said it a lot, is f- how you found that fresh sign. And I think that's something that we're, over the last couple of weeks uh, on our podcast, we talked about that fresh sign. Heck, even when you uh, early on with the buckshot that you had early in the season that you didn't recover that was the key thing. And, you know, Ryan, you talked about being aggressive. Dimitri, you talked about being aggressive a lot more. You know, I think for the moral of that story, no matter where and what, you know, the, that I've learned this year is even on when you and I have gone out, where whether we were hunting, trying to find that fresh sign, setting up cameras and finding that, right now it, that's the key is that, that fresh sign, that's the one. If my takeaway 2021 and Ryan, you – talked about it a little bit where you were saying like, okay, instead of sitting back and waiting for something to happen, go in and get after it. That's the key takeaway for me was this year is just because even though I didn't see a lot of deer, 
I was in an area where I was putting up a camera and I was getting deer on camera. So you, you, yep. I looked. I look at it as even though yes, that I see a ton on stand. No, however, there are learning moments and positives taken out of it. Where you know, I know of things that I could adjust. Like heck, during <laughs> during when the rut was good here, I was getting a lot of daytime pictures where I know I should have been, but I just didn't have the time yep. to, to get in there. You know what I mean? So you know, wins, but also a loss at the same time because I wasn't there. But. Uh, some some key things that and i think you know like you said ryan you go out there to a new state you and it's a whole different type of habitat you got to find where like you said these deer could be at anywhere okay so let's go find where these deer are moving let's find that fresh sign you get set up on it and there you go you had that opportunity you killed a friggin' stud yep yep yeah and that and that's and i think i mean that's i learned a lot this year and it's one of those things that and a lot of what I learned is I need to go back to the basics. I need to go yeah. back to uh, looking for that fresh sign using there's good woodsmanship um, doing, I mean, not so much historical stuff because yeah. that does, that does work to an extent. Um, oftentimes you might see deer, but if you want to get deer in bow range and in daylight, I mean, you're going to have to, being aggressive, I think, is is a necessity when you don't have all the time in the world to be out there. Yeah. Well, I, well and I think it's okay too. Like you said, we talk about it all the time. If you bump a deer, right, you bumped a good buck, right, and he yep. came back, right. So don't get discouraged. I mean, as long as you're not yep. trumping through the woods just looking to jump a deer, right, until right. you find them. Yep. But if you're doing the right things, going in slow, trying to find that fresh sign, and if you happen to bump that buck you know probably maybe not that night but you know in the next couple of days or a week or so you know you're probably going to run into that deer if you kind of game plan correctly so don't get discouraged when things like that happen because i mean how many times i mean you watch youtube videos or that you know and podcasts. hear pe- podcasts and hear people talk you know that story yep. comes up time after time after time. So, you know, use that to your advantage as well. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And this, this was a first for me. I mean, you always hear bump and dump and all those uh, phrases. And uh, <laughs> this, this was the first time for me that I've ever bumped one and actually seen them come back. Yep. Um, but, uh, but, uh, it, but you know, it happens. I mean, yep. exactly. it, and it makes sense. I mean, the deer, the deer escaped and, uh, his, his bedding situation worked for him. And, uh, it just so happened that, uh, and, and again, like I said, I don't know if he smelled me or not, but he decided that he was going back to that clump of cedars and, uh, that's what ended up getting him killed. Yep. Exactly. Dude, that was awesome. Yep. I, I, I loved it. And you know, you got rifle season coming up and there's a, there's a, I think, uh, some other things that we could get into. Uh, hopefully, we could record another podcast because I think we could get into the your off season. What do you have going on, and uh, more on that front. But you know, let's stay in touch here, Ryan, about what what you get done here in rifle season, and you know, maybe we here in two weeks we're gonna have all of us on just kind of doing a call in and uh, doing a recap, getting to episode one hundred on the books and. We're going to be doing a massive, massive giveaway for one lucky listener where we're going to be giving away a Tether Phantom Saddle. We got 
uh, a, a custom bourbon barrel uh, grunt tube. We got some Vortex swag. Uh, we got some red nice. broadheads. We got some some black rifle coffee. We got some some really cool stuff for one lucky listener. But um, you know, maybe in, in two weeks, if you're able to on, on a Monday night or some, we'll either pick Monday night or Sunday night and. Uh, for an episode 100, it just if you want to call in and maybe give a quick rundown of how your rifle uh, hunts went, if, if that's cool, man. Yeah, that would be awesome, guys. Awesome. That would be awesome. Awesome, Ryan. Well, where could people find you uh, and make sure you plug the, plug your YouTube as well and, and all that type of stuff? Yeah, um, so uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is ryan.cornelius underscore B-H-O-D. And, uh, and, uh, you can see some of my stuff as well on, uh, the bow hunter die Instagram. I end up, uh, uh, sharing some stuff on there with those guys as well. So, uh, uh, but yeah, and, uh, YouTube wise, um, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to work up a video here for, for my season. And, uh, if I do, I'll end up sharing that, uh, I'll share that on my Instagram so people can find it there. Awesome. I like it, dude. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on and great stories. It gets me uh, even more excited for Saturday and uh, all that, man. So thank you so much for coming on and best of luck to you for, for rifle. We'll be watching and hopefully get a deer down, whether it's a buck or, or some more doe and uh, ho- hope to talk to you again here in two weeks. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys for having me and uh, good luck to you guys as well. Awesome, dude. Thank you. And thanks for listening everybody till next time. Antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antlera podcast. Thank you, Ryan, so much for coming on. Thank you again, everybody, for listening and supporting us. Wanted to share with you real quick, we are going to have some new beanies hitting the store here very soon. So check them out. We're going to have some orange ones, gray, brown, green, some other stuff as well. So thank you, everybody, again, for your support. If you want to check us out, check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you again. Best of luck to you this weekend. Get after it during the gun season. Have fun. Make some memories and antler up.